welcome New Covenant family. If this is your first time visiting us, we want to welcome you here. Um, and we just pray the Lord blesses your socks off. Uh, we're, uh, we're pleased and glad to have you. And uh, I also want to bring to your attention, we do have prayer teams in the back that uh, if you are moved uh, by what the Lord has said, if, if the Lord is convicting your heart, if you need someone to talk to, if you need someone who will pray with you, um, we have people that can do that in the back and would be more than honored uh, to do so. Um, you know, so God bless everyone. Uh, we'll continue with our service. Uh, Children's Church, I want to say you're free to go. Are any of them staying in today? Okay. I am not Pastor CJ. My name is Cornell Cannon. I'm one of the leaders here at the church. And, um, you know, and, and, and God has given me a word to bring to you today. And, um, you know, God is good. All the time he's good. And so we serve a good, good father. Hallelujah. Uh, if you would pray for me, uh, pray with me briefly in Jesus' name. Father God, uh, we just thank you for what you've already done in our hearts. Uh, we thank you, Lord God, for those seeds, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that those seeds that, that Candy uh, uh, spoke of, Father God, that those seeds are already budding, that those seeds are already in the process of coming to fruition, and, 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 Father God, we will reap that which we have not sown. Uh, we thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in the spirit. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, that we are in such a time as this, Father God, that you are going to be using us, Father God, to do mighty, mighty deeds in the name of, in the name of the Lord our God. We're not going to complain about our society, Father God. We're going to make an impact in it. There are souls out there, Father God, that we, that, we, that we claim in Jesus' name. So, Father, we just ask your blessing on the word and the service as we continue, and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to be jumping around today. I want to start real briefly in Psalm 139. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Psalm 139, starting at verse 7. And it says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in show, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. You know, our God is an omnipresent God, which means he's everywhere at once. Anywhere you go in the world, God is there too. 
Are you hearing me? His presence may not have manifested in a specific place yet, but he's there. If you're there, he's there too. I didn't hear any amens, but it's true. But I believe God wants to partner with his sons and his daughters to manifest his presence in lifeless places. He's not satisfied with us just acknowledging his omnipresence because he's not a distant God. He's an ever-present God. He's a God that's intimately acquainted with us. And though we let our feelings and our emotions lie to us from time to time, he is nigh. We, we, we don't feel like he's with us in certain situations, but your feelings are lying to you. Oftentimes we have more faith in our feelings than we do what thus saith the word of God. And God wants to challenge us to a higher standard. He wants to challenge us to the standard of his word that we will grab a hold of his word and pull down those things that are lying to us. He wants to manifest himself, partner with us to manifest his presence in lifeless places. Uh, one example is Moses. I didn't give you this verse, brother, so you'll know when it's time to switch to the next verse. God was with Moses before he was present with Moses before he manifested himself in the burning bush. He was with him. He had a plan for his life, right? He may not have been manifest, obviously, for everyone to see in his life at every moment, but there were times when he manifested his presence. It made it obvious, made it clear that God was with this man. All right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those three Hebrew boys who wouldn't bow the knee to Nebuchadnezzar, God was with them. The situation would suggest otherwise, but God was with them nonetheless. And you know what? They didn't, I love those young men because they had every reason to act, to whine and act like God had abandoned them. If they were slaves to the situation, that's exactly what they would have done. But those young men didn't let the situation lie to them. They didn't let their feelings lie to them. They knew their God. And when they wouldn't bow the knee and Nebuchadnezzar threatened them with death, as a result, they said, you know what? We believe our God can save us. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow the knee to you. He's still God. He's still here. We believe he'll save us. We believe, we believe he'll work, he'll work strongly on our behalf. But you know, he's God. He'll do what he wants to do. He'll do what brings him glory. You know what? I, ha I am here to serve him. 
I am his son. If he intervenes on my behalf, I know he can. I'm going to praise him. If he doesn't intervene on my behalf and I have to give my life for his glory, I'm going to praise him. <laughs> Amen. This place, God is here. And you know what? Nebuchadnezzar was in a murderous rage and he threw those young men into the, high, into the fiery furnace. The men who threw him in there got burned and died. It was so hot. But they didn't get even singed. And not only that, God manifested himself on their behalf by, join, by, by jumping into the furnace with them and saving them. And even the pagan king said, wow, these guys serve an awesome God. I thought I was the stuff. I thought I was the man. I am nothing compared to their God. And, 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 and in his heart, he bowed to the might of Almighty God. Amen? You know what? We can talk a strong game. We can talk a good game. But you know what? The best, the best thing we can do is being willing to walk with God in those lifeless places. Being willing to stand for God, okay, when there is risk involved. Being willing to go into the dead places where there's dark, uh, where there's darkness, where there's hurting, where there's pain, where there's vitriol for the things of God. Even. I didn't, uh, yeah, I said it. Where there's vitriol for the things of God and being willing to put ourselves out there on the front lines so that God can be manifest in a place that needs him. Pastor CJ says something last week that it just struck a chord to me whenever he, whenever, when he said it. And I put three stars by it in my notes. And he said, you know, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it here, but he said that uh, we spend too much time trying to shine our light in lit up places. <laughs> you know, it, it, it feels good. We come to church. We got like-minded people. We got people who share our faith. We can encourage each other and so forth. But you know what? God didn't give us this light to shine just to shine amongst each other. All right? He gave us this light so we could shine in the darkness. So people could see his marvelous light. Hallelujah. These people groping in the darkness, having no direction, no idea which way is up, which way to go, which way is right, which way is wrong. The light, those of us with the, with the light of the gospel of Christ can be a beacon that lights the way for. Amen? But we got, but we can't be afraid of the furnace. We can't be afraid of the fire. Turn to Genesis chapter 28. And we'll just, we'll park there for a minute. Chapter 28, starting at verse 10. This is another example that I think the way I'm going to cover it, we all can relate to. Starting at verse 10 of Genesis 28, it says, Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. 
And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to, reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give you and to your offspring. Now, let's, let, let's think about this. I think we can relate to this because this man really wasn't on, he wasn't on his way to the mission field. He didn't have his spiritual switch turned on. Okay, the spiritual switch was turned off. He is, he's traveling from one place to another. Now it says that the sun set, so it got late in the day. And here he is, needing a place to rest. He's stuck out there in the open. He grabs a rock, uses it as a pillow so he can bunk down for the night. Now, I got to imagine that he probably wasn't happy about where he was at. It, probably, it, it seems to me there wasn't a place for him to get lodging for the night. He did what he had to do. Now, there are some of you in this place that probably would love, it's outdoors, you know, it's, you're in your element. It would be heaven for you. Is there anybody that raise their hand? Would that be heaven for you just to be out in the elements in, in God's creation? Oh, you? Okay. But for most of us, it would be like the other place. Right? And so he probably didn't have a good attitude about it. He's probably grumbling. He's probably complaining. But, hey, what are you going to do? But then the Lord speaks to him in a dream. And he sees that there is something special about this place, that the presence of God is there. And God speaks to him in that dream and lets him know that there is coming a point real soon that God's presence will be manifestly present there. Amen? Now, he's in a place that God has marked to manifest himself. It's not now what it's going to be. But God gave him a peek into the spirit. And, 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 and uh, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. But, but God gave him a peek into the spirit of the significance of this place in which his head was laying right now. And how many of us, I believe, our situation is not much different. We go to work, we do a nine to five every day. We're going to school, we're plugging away. And we don't have the best attitude about going about it either. Maybe we're not at the school that we wanted to be. I can't imagine that if you're at OSU, but, you know. Maybe Stillwater wasn't where you saw yourself planting roots and, uh, you know, uh, guilty as charged. But I, I'm still watered to the core now. Maybe you're your job isn't the best work environment or 
you know, the, the career you're in right now wasn't quite what you were aiming for. And so, uh, um, or you work with some people who are just some outright heathens that uh, make it difficult for you to get the motivation <laughs> to go to work. You'd rather just not be around them. And so you go to work, you go to school, you get your rock, you sit it on your desk, you lay your head on it, and you're all in your feelings. What I believe God is about to make you dream. Hallelujah. I believe God is about to open our eyes to the significance of these places where he's planted us. That it's not just about what we feel about that place. That that what we see in that place is uh, the significance we see in it pales in comparison to the significance God places on it. And the very people that grate your nerves, the very people that make it difficult for you to go to work each morning or to go to class each morning are going to become the inspiration for you to go because he's going to give you his heart toward them. Because he wants to use you to manifest his presence in their lives. Yes, to be the life in that darkness. Are you hearing me? Let me continue on. Uh, what verse did I stop on? Sorry, y'all. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you. Say, I am with you. You know, and if if I... If I were to give this message a title, I, I, I would say God is with us. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this place. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Hallelujah. And that takes me back to what Candy was, was saying. There are some promises that God has given you. Amen. There's some words that God has spoken over your life. All right. There are some things that God has placed in your heart that have not come to fruition yet. He's still with you. He has not abandoned you. Those things shall surely come to pass. He will not leave you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. You know, God began to speak to me on these lines and it just convicted me to the core, you know, because I, you know, because I've gotten, I've gotten myself into the habit of letting the environment impact my attitude. You know, I'm just being real with you, just full disclosure. Uh, I've carried that attitude with me and instead of 
instead of impacting the environment and letting my light shine, I, I, I'm letting the environment put a bushel over my light. And, and not only am I not walking in, in peace and victory, but I am no, no spiritual good for anybody there. Amen. And so the Lord has convicted me along these lines and said, look, man, this is, you know, you've got to, you've got to change your perspective. And, and, and in a way, it didn't come in a dream like, like it did for Jacob, but in a way, God changed my perspective and challenged me to rise up. Uh, I shared, you know, he's, he's, he's challenging me to rise up not only at work, but he's challenging me to rise up in my home. He's challenging me to rise up in my marriage. He's, he's challenging me to rise up as a parent. And so, um, I don't think Christy will mind me saying, but I've already told her and so forth. But the Lord has challenged me this year because one of the places I complained about is my home. One of the things, well, uh, complaints about home, com com complaining about the wife, complaining about the kids, complaining about a lot of things. And you know what the Lord challenged me to do? The Lord challenged me, son, it's at the, at the beginning of the year. He challenged me to love my wife. To love my wife as Christ loves the church. And you know what he's and you know what he's teaching me, you know, uh and he he hit me so hard with it, you know, I had you know when God speaks and he means it, you 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 better take it to heart. You know? Uh so I can be thick headed sometimes, but uh you know what? I heard daddy on that one. And he's challenging me in the areas of lack. There had been areas of lack concerning love for my wife. And here's the thing, and there's a man, uh, th there's a brother here who, who, who said this, and, and it really blessed my heart. Uh, uh, I love that brother, and he, you know, he said, he shared from his life, and he told me, he said, brother, and this was just him confirming what God had already told me, he said, you know, he said, the Lord revealed to me when I was going through something similar to that, that my lack in my relationship with my wife was had a correlation to my lack in my relationship with him. And, and, and I couldn't say anything but amen, brother. Because that's exactly, that's exactly what the Lord pierced my heart with. And so my focus was on the things that graded me. But my need, God gave me what I needed. He's like, son, wait a minute. I want to manifest my presence in your life. I want to, I, I want to, I, I want to partner with you. And I want your light to so shine among men that they will see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. I, I want to bless your life. He said, but you've got to work with me. And you know, there are times in life where we, where we, our navigational equipment 
gets broken and we veer off course. It happens. Thank God he's so loving, so good. That he'll confront us and challenge us and give us what we need if we'll humble ourselves to get us back on course. And so 2018, is there will be a lot of things that I'm sure God will put on my heart, but the priority for this year for me is learning what it means to love my wife as Christ loves the church. And to the extent that I do that, you know, I just trust God that he's going to he's going to do the rest. Amen. So. That's just a little extra for you, for you husbands out there, you might want to. uh, You know, you might want to ask God if, if something like that is not in order for you too. But he woke up and said, the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. In verse 17, and here's what makes me think he must have had an attitude. He really was not, uh, he he was taking that place for granted. Because he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? Now, the place hasn't changed. Nothing has changed but his realization that God is there and that God has a plan for that place. That's the only thing that's changed. Everything that's changed is in here and in here. Nothing in reality, nothing as far as the way things look or the way things are, his situation has not changed, but his perspective has changed. And because his perspective has changed, he's able to say, how awesome is this place? Oh, God, change our perspective about where we're at in life. Change our perspective, Father God, about 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 where you've placed us in the business realm or the educational realm or what family you've placed us in or what neighborhood we're in. Change our perspective, Father God, so that we can see you in that situation, that we can say that we can stop the grumbling and complaining. We can stop, Father God, the pity parties, and we can say how awesome is this place because our God is here and he has a plan and a purpose for me here. He's going to use me here to bring light to the darkness, to bring salvation to the lost. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's move over to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and we'll wind up here pretty soon. That's the first one. So you'll take me serious when I say it's the the, the third time. We'll wind down here pretty soon. This will sound quite a bit different. I chose to uh, use the message version of this because I felt like it it brought certain things to light a little bit clearer. Starting at verse 14. It says, In the Messiah, 
in Christ, God leads us from place to place. I think in those uh, stories that I read before, God was leading these people from place to place. You know, uh, I, I think of Joseph in the Old Testament, you know, where his brothers contemplated killing him. They put him in a pit. They sold him to some slave traders <laughs> who slowly sold him to Potiphar. He ends up in the, in the dungeon. Now, all this started because he got a dream. <laughs> a dream that involved him being exalted and his brothers bound down to him, right? Thank the Lord God didn't give him the whole dream or give him a full revelation of what he was going to have to go through for that to come to pass. But, but all these are places. He was in peril at each place. And I marvel at Joseph because, I mean, to me, it, I can't think of a, a deeper betrayal or, or a deeper wounding that, than for me to overhear my own family contemplating murdering me. I, you know, think about that. <laughs> I mean, the, there are people that need a lot of psychological help for, look, for less than that. You know, and I'm not putting that down, but I'm just saying this is a young man whom his brothers had to talk themselves out of murdering him and then, what's probably worse, sold him into slavery. Okay? And so, from place to place to place, he ends up being sold to Potiphar, and yet somehow, this young man looks beyond the place that he's in. He looks beyond the situation that he's in, okay? And he maintains a, 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 an awe, a, 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 a fear, a, a respect for God. He, re, re, he, re, he retains the relationship with God that he had before he got put into these calamities. And... Because of it, God's presence was so manifest in his life that the man who bought him, Potiphar, he had never been blessed as much as he was when Joseph was his, was his servant. Joseph blessed him so much, he made Joseph the head guy in charge of all of his affairs. Okay? And then Joseph gets put in the dungeon because Potiphar's wife lies on him. And yet he's still plugged in with God to where he can interpret the dreams of the wine of the cupbearer and the baker. And I, I, I'm taking a long drawn out time to get to the point, but I think you, you, you see where I'm going is that this guy realized that where he was was not as significant as who he was plugged in with. And so it didn't, so in that regard, his light was able to shine whether he was in the pit, whether he was in, with the slave traders, whether he was in Potiphar, whether he was in the dungeon, or whether he was in the presence of Pharaoh. His light could shine because he was connected to his God. And he didn't let his circumstances poison his perspective. 
And so uh, getting back to, uh, well, and he didn't let his uh, circumstances poison his perspective. And because he didn't, God was able to position him, use him to get him positioned in a place where he could save millions of people. Sometimes I wonder at any point, what if he had decided that enough was enough? How many people would have lost their lives that ended up being saved? Because he didn't let his circumstances poison his perspective. He didn't let, he didn't let the circumstances pull down, uh, pull God down from the exalted position that he held in his heart. And God was able to use him. And people who did not even know the Lord owed their lives to him. And the most powerful man in the world at that time, Pharaoh, honored him and his God. (laughs) Amen. You know, I believe God will put you in places. He'll elevate you and some of your staunchest enemies, your staunchest critics, the 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 most anti-Christ individuals will be will be won over. <laughs> As you allow God to do what he wants to do in you in dark places. All right. I'll get back to it. I'll start over. In the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. I love that. Victory from place to place. Through us, he brings knowledge of Christ. Everywhere we go, people breathe in the exquisite fragrance. Because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent rising to God which is recognized by those on the way of salvation and aroma redolent with life. But those on the way to destruction treat us more like the stench from a rotting corpse. This is a terrific responsibility. Is anyone competent to take it on? No, but at least we don't take God's word, water it down, and then take it to the streets to sell it cheap. We stand in Christ's presence when we speak. God looks us in the face. We get what we say straight from God and say it as honestly as we can. You know, if, if, you know, I, I would just kind of oversimplify this. Look, we don't take God's word for granted. We don't take it lightly. All right? We take the revelation that we have in him. We take that truth. And, and you know what? We may not be flashy. Okay, there may be, there may not be a whole lot to us to entertain you and so forth, but we're going to give you the word. And it's going to be the unadulterated word. We're going to give you the word straight from God's mouth to you. We're going to bring you the bread of life. Amen. And some translations say perfume. But I believe God wants to challenge you. He wants to challenge you to let that fragrance, let that aroma permeate your environment. 
How do we do that? You know, I'm not going to get into any long lists and so forth, but, you know, I think it's pretty simple. At least for me, I needed to draw near to the Lord. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I allowed myself to get double-minded. To let my priorities get out of whack. You know, there are opportunities that I had to to love on my wife that I passed up because she was watching the Hallmark Channel. I just could not handle that. Lord have mercy. (laughs) I'm just speaking the truth, man. Oh, it's the same plot every time. But, (laughs) oh, I've I've watched a few now. (laughs) And to be honest with you, I still don't like them. But we're making progress. (laughs) We're making progress because (laughs) because I'll at least watch them with her now, you know. (laughs) You know, um, but, you know, I would get bent out of shape. You know, uh, uh, me and my daughters, we go and watch uh, sci-fi movies, Avengers, Star Wars, this or that and the other. And, uh, you know, she's not interested. You know, come on, you need to be involved. Do da-da-da-da-da, you know. And and uh, wasn't even realizing that I'm doing the exact same thing to her. And, <laughs> and she's like, come on, do this with me. I want to share this with you. And I'm like, uh-uh. No. You know, and I'm trying to negotiate. How about we watch this together? You know, let's watch Rambo or something, you know. She's not feeling that, of course. <laughs> you know, but that's but the Lord spoke to me through that, you know, as well, is that there is a, when he's challenging me to draw near to him, those are opportunities to draw near to her. You know, sacrificing my what I would rather do, sacrificing the things that I get enjoyment out of to share in those things that she gets enjoyment out of, that she would like her husband to come in and participate in with her. You know, I don't think she'll care if I'm just pretending to enjoy it. I'm not going to ask her that, but I'll just continue to believe that. You know, but but those are the things that he's beginning that, that he that he began to um, speak to my heart on, you know, and just say, "Look, man, this is not about you. <laughs> this is not about you. You know her heart. You know, I'm sure she knows you love her. You know, I'm sure she knows that, but." There are, there are opportunities for you to act in love that you need to you need to take advantage of. Amen. She needs to know your presence. That, that she needs your presence. There, there's power 
in presence. She needs your presence. She needs you involved. And you know, there is power in presence. I'm learning that more and more going through Stephen ministry and so forth, you know, but but oftentimes you don't have to have the right words to say. When someone is going through something and they need someone, sometimes having someone present is a healing balm unto itself. You, you, you don't necessarily need someone to tell you what to do, you know, but it helps to have someone there alongside you as you're working it out, <laughs> as you're working it out, uh, what you need to do. Amen? And so, and, and God wants to be present in that way for us, and, and, uh, and we're going to need to, if, if we draw near to him, he will definitely draw near to us. And we're going to, like I had to sacrifice what I wanted to do, to do the Hallmark movies and so forth, uh, sit with my wife while she's crocheting and stuff like that. And if you're wondering, no, I do not crochet. That, that's not happening. <laughs> that's not happening. But I will compliment. I will compliment her work. It's awesome. She does a great job in that. But, uh, and I'm, I'm willing to spend the money. But uh, those <laughs> I will not have crochet needles in my hand. But uh, <laughs> take the next level. Pray for me, brother. <laughs> All right. But you know what? I needed to cleanse my hands. In other words, I needed to humble myself and I needed to repent. Okay? And and. and and I needed to uh, 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 purify my heart. <laughs> you know, the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Amen? And so, uh, I, I, so I believe, I, I want to challenge you today as well, okay? If this is speaking to you at all, and, and you realize that, you know what? I can relate to what Cornell was saying. You know, um, I identify, I, I've identified some areas in my life where I'm slipping in the same way that he said. I appreciate him sharing that. You know, then I want to I I challenge you to do something with that. All right? Uh, don't just give mental assent to it. <laughs> you know, uh, don't just say that's a good word and so forth and so on. But, but I want you to personalize it and own it <laughs> and, 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 and take it to the Lord in humility and just give it. Give it to God. Commit to your in your heart that you're going to purify your heart. You won't continue to be double-minded. And just decide right now, Lord, I repent. I want your presence, and I'm willing to do what I need to do to partner with you so that your awesome presence can be made known. 
in the dark places that I have to frequent every day. And I'll finish with James 4, verses 6 and 7. I got them out of order a little bit, but. She said, Lord, can, how can I do this? But he gives more grace. There's grace for you to do this. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I'm going to ask you to stand. I want you to know that, I just want to remind you that you are blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I want to remind you that He is yours and you are his. I want to remind you that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you until the end of the age. I'm reminding you of these things. I'm imparting this truth to you to counter the lies that we typically fall prey to. You're not lonely. You're, you're not alone in whatever it is you're facing. Okay? Uh, there, there is hope in whatever it is you're struggling with. There is life in those things that seem dead. Those hopes and dreams and aspirations that seem dead, there's life there. And God is in that situation. He's in that season with you. Despite the fact that you may feel that he is far from you, he is nigh. So rest your head upon that stone and let him give you a dream. Put yourself in a, get in your prayer closet. Put yourself in a, 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 in, in his presence. Seek him. Draw nigh unto him. So that he can, so that he can change your perspective. And you can honor and glorify him in the desert that you're in. Knowing that you walk with a God that can create an oasis in the middle of that desert. Who can nourish you, provide for you, and give you victory. Father God, You are a good, good father. You love us with an incomprehensible love, Father. Oh, Father, there are 
Father, we're, we are so sorry that we allow the things that we go through in life, Father God, to cause us to adopt the wrong perspectives and causes us to create these coping mechanisms, Father God, that are not of you. Father God, we apologize for our, you know, our narrow vision, Father God, that we can't see past the, the, the situation that's in our face to see that you are in it with us and that there is something that you want to accomplish in us. And, 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 and Father, I just pray that you give us the grace and you give us the desire, Father God, to want to go through those situations, Father God, in order to get what you have for us. Father God, I, I'm tired of hearing people say don't pray for patience and things like that. You know what, Lord? That, that's a characteristic of Christ. And Father God, I want us to develop an appetite to want that, Father God, and to want to go through whatever we need to go through in order for you to instill those character traits in our lives. So Father God, develop an appetite in us to be Christ-like. Develop us appetite for us to want to go through whatever it is we have to go through, whatever hurdles we have to jump over, Father God, whatever fire we have to walk through, whatever flood we have to, that, that, that we have to stand up in, Father God, that we will not complain about it, but we will just trust that our God, he's got our back. Our God will not let me go through something that he has not prepared me to have victory in. And so I want to go through this, Lord, because of what you want to do in my life. So, Father, we surrender to you in, in all things. We humble ourselves to you, Lord. We just invite you to convict us on all those areas of wrong thinking, all those areas where we're not operating in faith, but we're in the flesh. In all those areas where we are condemning and talking down about the people that you got on that cross for, that haven't come into a saving knowledge of you yet, and that they're needing us to be the sons and daughters of the Most High to bring that gospel message to them in a way that breaks through. For you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. So, so, Father God, we just yield to your will and your way. Do we Continue the work that you've begun in us, Father. We know you're faithful to complete it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.